Coming in hot, 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 Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Hey, hey, welcome back to this episode of I Date Money. I'm your hostess, Lisa Drennan, Wealth Activator. And today we have Alara Sage, <clears throat> excuse me, is um, with us today. She is the founder and creator of Creator Consciousness, a trinity teaching of embodiment, manifestation, and creative genius. It is an in-depth yet simple and precise system to masterfully create your life. Alara is an intuitively gifted healer who coaches provocatively and soulfully. She has over 15 years of experience helping others reignite and transform their lives. She works with leaders, visionaries, and creatives who desire to master their reality and create a luminous life. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, for sharing your energy and your talents with us. I love um, the aura around you that you're producing. It's just so peaceful <laughs> and calming. So tell us, when you were a little girl, the very first time you met with money, what was that experience like? When I've gone back and I don't know specifically in my conscious mind, but when I've gone and journeyed through in my subconscious mind, there was a very early, early, early memory where my parents were fighting. I was like infant infant, maybe early toddler, and they were fighting over money. And mm. there was a lot of tension and stress. So when I've gone and journeyed through, that was one of my first um, experiences with it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Our parents have such a great influence on us growing up and lots of families argue over money. And back then they didn't really want to talk about finances so how did that shape your relationship with money as you grew? As I've looked back on it again, yeah, it it made me feel like money is tension. Mm. And, you know, who wants that? <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants that. And, you know, I started working when I was quite young. I worked for my parents. They both owned businesses. So, you know, child labor, <laughs> they would yeah. you know, pay us to do little things. And then as soon as I was legal age of in Oregon, which was 15, you know, I had a job and then I had two jobs and then I had three jobs. I've always been a worker and always had my own money, but there was definitely this like, okay, bring it in and then get it out, get it out of my space. Yeah. It's like, so many can't hold on to the frequency of money. It's almost like their hands are sieves. And as soon as they get money, they get rid of it. And when you think about that tension that it created, you know, what does it remind you of? Like if you could describe that tension. Um, I mean, you know, it's a lot like anxiety that I wouldn't say I feel or have felt anxiety with money, but that if I was to describe the feeling of the tension, that's mm -hmm. what I would describe it as. 
Yeah. I see it like, you know, when you're pulling a rubber band and it snaps, mm. <laughs> you know, and, it, and it, when it snaps, it like gives you that ouch feeling like, oh, what just happened? And that rubber band broke in my hand. And when you think about money in a sense of taking care of you, have you always felt secure with money despite that tension that you formed at a young age? Oh, yeah. No, definitely not. You know, and um yeah, money was was quite a challenge. I mean, it wasn't really a challenge in the sense that I was always able to generate it very easily. I was always self-sufficient, but as I said, it would come in and go. So it was like I could create it really easily, but it just wouldn't stay. And when I've gone back into that memory, I was I was on my father's lap when they were arguing. And so it was like I was really in the vibration of what was happening between him and my mom. So my nervous system really basically like took on that programming. Yeah. And a lot of times that happens and it takes on that programming and then you make these impulsive decisions. Did you find that true for yourself when it came to buying things? Yes, absolutely. Impulsive. And it was also certain time of the year uh, and certain things would trigger it. And so I had to do a lot of, first off, awareness and conscious, you know, mindfulness to why I was feeling that way and the cycles and the triggers. And then a lot of work in my nervous system to reprogram my belief structures around money. Yeah. And that you still have got more layers to uncover, right? And we get to, so, we get to one layer and there's like, wow, there's more to it. And we're just, we're so multifaceted with our subconscious and the belief systems that we grow up with. And there's so many, so much information that we receive externally and then digesting it and coming up with our own internal thoughts. So what is the biggest belief that you turned around? So an external belief that you thought was true, but when you did all this work, you were like, no, that's not what I believe. Well, so taking it a little bit deeper beyond money, because I don't actually ever believe that money is really the thing. Um, so as I was working in the energy of money for myself and really you know, getting to the core, the core belief that I held was starvation equals control. And what that meant to my being was starvation with regards to nourishment and not necessarily food. Like I've never had issues with um, eating. I've, I've, I've had issues with my body not receiving food and, and having um, different reactions to food, but I've healed all of that. And I have a really good relationship with food. I've always had a good relationship with food, but nourishment can mean so many things, can't it? Mm -hmm. And this particular channel of nourishment was money. And so the belief structure that I held was if I control, or if I, if I stop the, 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 the having money, right. If I starve myself of money, of nourishment, then somehow I'm in control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's an interesting perspective. And being in control is so important, especially when it comes to money, because if you're, if money's controlling you versus you controlling money, there's kind of this disconnect and it, you don't have a partnership. <laughs> you basically have this, this fighting, this infighting going on. So imagining money as a person, how would you describe your relationship today? Mm, wow. I have really transformed my relationship. And for one, I feel like I receive my relationship with money. I feel like it's a, a being an entity is what I call it, that I can receive love and guidance from. And then conversely, there is a recognition there because the other side of it 
you know, as my higher self came to me and was like, you need to look at your relationships. And I was like, okay. And it was like your relationship with money and your relationship. And how are you showing up to this relationship? And when I looked at it, I wasn't showing up. I wasn't mm-hmm. showing up for money. It was like money, do what I want you to do. And that's it. You know, it was very one-sided relationship. It was very ungrateful, even though I was grateful in my life, I wasn't necessarily grateful in my relationship to money. And so, yeah, learning how to reposition that and reestablish that now there's this real recognition uh, from myself to money and also like an understanding of what money is, the role that money plays in my life, which now to me feels like an amplifier, an amplifier of my desires, an amplifier of my life's work and purpose. Yeah, I love that. That's beautiful to be able to transition into that relationship and seeing it, you know, money is energy and everyone is available to access it and it will go wherever it's welcomed and validated and used, you know, money in the hands of good people does great things. And when you think about wealth, it means different things to each of us. What's your definition of wealth? Mm, Wealth has a lot to me to do with the feelings in my body. So I really teach women how to be embodied and how to be really present in their body and connected to their body and their womb. So to me, wealth is about the feeling of my body day in and day out. I do everything by what I call bliss hits. And so all of my choices are dictated by my body. And when it's a a choice that is in alignment there, I literally do get bliss hits or ecstatic bliss hits through my body, which feel very orgasmic. Mm-hmm. And when it's something that isn't in alignment, it's just a little bit more of a contraction. And so wealth to me is that very expanded feeling of constantly being in those bliss hits in that ecstatic state. It's very expansive. It's very playful. And of course, very nourishing. I love that. So if you and money went on a date, what would your date look like? Mm, we would definitely go. I get this image of like sitting out in Uh, like a meadow with the sun and there's a beautiful view of perhaps the ocean and we're really having a conversation we're really like going deep into each other and the moment there's a real presence and depth and we're enjoying food nourishment (laughs) (laughs) chocolate dip strawberries Great combination there. That's awesome. When you think about your um, business expenses and creating your business plan, your marketing plan and all of that, you know, we always look at the end goal, like, you know, what's our, what's our profit target margin? What is, what is the gross revenue we need to get to so that we can enjoy the profit margin that we desire? And then, you know, we create money buckets to allow that expansion to take care of our needs and our wants. So what's the best money bucket that you've established for yourself that drives you to do what you do. I don't quite understand. What do you mean by what's the best money bucket? So when we create money buckets, we create goals for our money. So some people love to travel. Some people love to, mm-hmm. um, you know, they enjoy experiences, products. I had one guest who said that she loves tech. So she just invests all of her money in tech. She goes to um, collaborations, networking events, things like that. So between travel and tech, she was always, that was her, her biggest money bucket goal was just to feed that bucket so that she could do like, you know, seven or eight events a year. 
Mm, it's like a bucket list. Now I understand. Yeah. yeah, definitely. For me, it's a lot about experience, travel, adventure is a big word for me, as well as luxury. Honestly, I have always been a fan of quality. Everything that I buy is quality because to me, it's always a better experience with quality and luxury. So whenever I'm visualizing and spending the time to tap into my quote unquote future self and align vibrationally to that. It has a lot to do with adventure and exploring the world and kind of that awe inspiring feeling of adventure and exploration. And then there's always this luxury that's wrapped up with it. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. What's the best vacation you've ever been on that you've experienced this luxury? Um, my partner and I went to this uh, hotel. I don't remember the name of it. It's in Southern California. And honestly, it just like owns its own beach in Southern California. This beautiful area and it's top notch hotel. And it was just like the epitome of luxury for us. And it was during a time, you know, when still with the travel and all of that, that we couldn't really go far and we didn't need to, because we were just there and we just felt like we were almost like in another world. Yeah. And having that experience, a lot of times you can create that experience just in your own backyard. And what's <laughs> yeah. beautiful is because, you know, you can visualize it and just being contentment. And I always like to say, when you get to do what you want to do, the money, money doesn't matter. Like you have the money for it because you really want to put your heart into it. And when you think about if money, if, if money was infinite in your world and you had a possession of the dollar amount of money that you could just do whatever you wanted to on a daily basis, what would you do? Hmm. Yeah, I would definitely be a lot of travel and, Also, you know, I'm really here for a mission. I'm here to really help women to reclaim their power. And it's really, really dear to me. So when I think of travel, it's about traveling to different countries, setting up events. I love to speak. I love to express. I love to bring my story and my mission and my vision to women. So again, it would be this combination of travel and luxury, as well as putting on events and retreats and spaces for women to come together, feel that sisterhood, feel that connection to their body and reclaim their feminine power. And that to me would be like all of the deliciousness all together in one morsel. That's beautiful. I love that. So when you talk about um, serving women this way, what's the best modality that you use to help them connect with their being? Yeah, I use what I call the four keys of embodiment, which the first one is presence. I teach women how to be present in their body, which is very simple and quick. If we know how I learn them how to breathe, you know, it's quite astonishing how few people know how to breathe properly and how damaging that is first off to our body, but how it really pulls us up and out of our power because our power is in our pelvis. So I teach them how to breathe into the power. I teach them how to move the energy. I teach them how to use their voice for speaking, for commanding, for decreeing and declaring their energy and their life. And then I teach them how to have fun, to move to the rhythm of their own beat. 
That's awesome. <laughs> is there yoga involved with that or is it just different types of body movement? No, I teach the feminine way is really about just allowing your body to just move. So mm-hmm. yoga is actually a very masculine format because it's very much like structured and feminine is not structured. And so it's about putting on sound or not putting on sound, you know, music. And it's not about dancing. It's just really about connecting to your body and what movement does your wa- your body want to bring forward? And it's really powerful because we can really move a lot of energy through our body when we breathe and move together like that. So when we're feeling emotional, when we're feeling stuck, when we're feeling frustrated, when we're feeling tense, when we combine those two, we can really shift our being like within a matter of a minute. Yeah. Energy work at its best. Yes. And I it's fun, that. right? Yeah. Like it's supposed <laughs> to be fun. Life is fun fun. Exactly. Yeah. And if it's not fun, you, you know, you got to be doing something different because yeah. <laughs> no one wants to work. We're not even wired to work. We're wired to have fun. And uh, that's, you know, the goal in life is just to to be in the moment of now and to really experience things. And so many times we have blind spots and we can't see the blockers that we have that keep us from our goals, especially financial goals. Mm. A lot of entrepreneurs will hit a target and say, oh, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars, you know, months, years, whatever, when you set the targets for yourself, what keeps you motivated to, to take the action steps to get the results that you want? Really, it's because what I do, I love it. And so when I feel into my pictures, my visualizations, because I'm a big visualizer, I believe that our imagination is one of the powerful centers of our creative force and our creative power. And so when I visualize what I was telling you about going into stage and traveling, you know, it really, really lights my body up with so much bliss and like that says everything to me. It says that this is what I'm here to do. This is, you know, my passion and it in and of itself, I I feel like passion is such a powerful energy to create revolution and evolution for humanity. And when we really are connected to our passion, it drives us, you know, we don't need to like dig deep. We don't need to grind. It's the fuel that lifts us and carries us forward. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful visualization. Well, thank you for all of that. When you think about the financial advice or tips that you've received throughout your adult life, what's the best financial tip that you have that have helped you get to the next level? I don't know if it's a financial tip, but the the thing that I've learned from my own process is really as always my own innate wisdom and intuition always knows best when I have, you know, I, of course I'm a, I'm a mentor and a coach and I've used mentors and coach nonstop because I love mentorship. And I think it's such an important part of really expanding ourselves and transforming ourselves. You know, I always say like Michael Jordan has a coach, right? Because coaches can see things that we can't see about ourselves. It's not about whether you're good enough or not. It's about having those extra eyes. Um, however, simultaneously we have to connect to our own innate wisdom and intuition. And so I've had people tell me things that I should do, and I've had my intuition tell me otherwise. And every time I've listened to them because they're the business coaches and they know better than me and Hey, they're running million dollar businesses. I've ended up right back to where my body told me initially. And I spent a lot more time and effort getting back there than if I would have just listened the first time, which, you know, in and of itself is a beautiful lesson because we need those lessons to go down the wrong road to remind ourselves of the power of really, truly trusting our own wisdom. 
Yeah. And that's so important because we do inside of us, we know the answer. We have the answers yes. and we tend to ignore it because of, you know, subconsciously how we were wired and programmed since we were born. And, you know, on getting to the root cause of that is so important. Our thoughts are the most powerful tool that we have. When you think about um, connecting with your inner self to realize your financial goals, do you feel like you have any any deeper work to do as far as the blockers or do you like does something come to mind immediately that says, oh, I need to work on that more? Mm, not so much because like I said, I've been really like the last couple of years have been a deep dive into this for me. And so, you know, I never claim to be done with anything because I know better than that. There's always layers, but I feel like I've been coming out of a cycle of really focusing on that and clarifying that and focusing now on other things. And I'm sure I will come back to it, um, you know, as I progress and come back to it in a more subtle subtle way. So for right now, it's like really just about having fun and allowing everything to show up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you think about um, creating your money buckets for your business, a lot of businesses will take all of their income, their gross revenue and pour it back into their business in hopes to 10x their profit. Mm -hmm. Is that your method or do you have like specific strategic plan in place so that you can allot for all the things that you need to, to operate, to optimize the back end of your financials. Yeah, I would say, you know, in the past, I've done a lot of reinvesting, um, particularly in coaches and mentors and, um, and I've grown a lot with my business. So, you know, as we all know, there's cycles to everything, right. Mm -hmm. And there's the profit and the growth cycle. And so I've really been in a lot of growth with my business. And I really feel like now it's about investing into, again, my life and my pleasure, because there's something really connected there. And that's what my intuition and my higher self is saying is to amplify using money to amplify my own enjoyment, my own pleasure, and allowing that to create more capacity um, for money in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. A lot of business owners create debt to build out their businesses. Was that your experience when you first started? Oh, absolutely. Business? Yes. And but I did didn't, I didn't create debt. I created, I ended up in debt because uh, I had my money stolen, um, which is a whole like very, I looked at all the energetics of that and there was a lot going on there. Um, and so I wasn't in debt before that, and that, that put me into debt. Yeah. I've heard that three times today about women who have had their money stolen from them. So can you tell us more about that? Like, is it like somebody, you know, is it like just a random? No, it was a scam, which is really interesting to me because in all honesty, every time I've seen like scam energy, I've been like, who falls for that? Mm -hmm. And what happened was like, it was a really powerful energy that kind of came over me. And I was watching myself take these actions. And like, as soon as my account was wiped out, it was like, it was lifted from my space. And I had it, another one come through recently in the same kind of energy where this energy kind of came into my space and started kind of like a manipulation Mm -hmm. But this time I, I, I knew exactly what it was and I stopped it in its tracks. Um, so it was really intriguing to me because again, from the outside, I've always been like, yeah, scams are really obvious. 
but there was definitely something energetically going on because I was watching myself taking these action steps going, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And then as soon as it happened, it was like, I was back in my own body and in my head. Hmm. Interesting. Can you tell us what the scam was about or? Um, I mean, I don't want to go into detail about it just because right. I don't think it's worth anything. Mm-hmm. It was about, it was uh, regarding cryptocurrency and it was with okay. regards to a, a coach who was coaching me on it. And he was a coach that had been referred to me by somebody that I knew and had been working with him for a long time. Okay. Yeah. And he wiped everything clean and then, yeah. you know, pretended like, and I was just like aghast because it was, a, it was through somebody that I thought I could trust. Cause it wasn't right. just somebody that I found online. It was a reference, a referral, you know, and it wasn't just like some random thing that came in. So it had this like potential foundation of safety. And then, yeah, yeah he had a really good way of doing it. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. The other two ladies that I had connected with earlier, they had the same experience. And I, I get hit up for crypto all the time. And I'm like, I what can go wrong with imaginary money? <laughs> Nothing. So I'm, I'm more of a conservative investor. And one of the things I teach in my wealth acceleration program is if listen to your body, like I'm into human design. And if Absolutely. your body doesn't respond, don't do it. And you know, if you're not a risk taker, one of the assessments we do in the program is like, what type of an investor are you? Mm -hmm. And then let's make investment choices based on that and always protect what's yours because it's guarded and it's a relationship and you want to you wanna hold that precious because when you're paying attention to it, beautiful things happen. So thank you so much for sharing all of that. What's the best way for our audience to connect with you? Yeah. And I just want to say really quickly, and my body was telling me no, right. That, yeah. That's like one of those things where I wasn't listening to my body. And that yeah. was one of my most profound lessons out of all of it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, it can be found on social media, Alara Sage, that's Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and alarasage.com. Mm, beautiful. And we'll put those in the show notes. And uh, just to add to your the body thing, our body speaks volumes and it yes. does tell us. I mean, I remember years ago, I took a defensive class and they just said like, you can sense danger before it happens because yes. usually in the back of your neck will get like this ting. And I started paying attention to it and it was like, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I feel it and I turn around, it's like, you know, I might see something, it might not be danger, but it's my body warning me. So ladies, and gents out there, if you're listening, pay attention to your body. And if you want to know and explore more, to connect with Alara, check the show notes, reach out to her, friend her, follow her on Instagram, all the all the socials, and really get into what it is. What is your body telling you? You know, especially when it comes to, you know, your wealth, your health, your relationships. But of course, you know, I'm going to focus on wealth. What is your body telling you about your spending habits? How are you, you know, do you have a purpose for your purchases or are you just kind of like throwing money out the window and your hands have holes in them like sieves? Think about that. And remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's what you do with it. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for tuning into the show. Give us a five-star review and share it with your friends. Get ready to activate wealth. Be the next millionaire with a simple adjustment of your finances using an energetically aligned money multiplier system. You get to build wealth by partnering with money. It's time to have fun with finances. Pick a date. The link is in the show notes to book your wealth activation call where you will get the one solution to multiply your money. Remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's what you do with it.